and Jeff, that's just why I think you're such a... Oh, are we live? I'm sorry. Um, step into a world shrouded in ash and darkness, where legends come to life and ancient powers linger. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Forbidden Lands. Join us as we set sail on longships and explore the unknown, braving untold danger and discovering what hidden treasure lies beneath ash and snow. Sorry, the countdown was a little off there. I was just telling Jeff how beautiful he is. Um, <laughs> we are starting our session here. We had quite a dramatic session uh, where Bacho went through some struggles, uh, ended up dying and being returned to life by uh, Gunk's quick thinking and a magical artifact that the pack had found. Gunk. After that horrifying traumatic experience, you spent some time on a raft trying to communicate with uh, your longship, the Seabeard, trying to uh, telepathically tell them to return to shore. We've established over multiple sessions now that you are quite the swimmer and lifeguard of sorts. Uh, where did Gunk learn to swim so well? So, as we know, uh, Gunk is originally from a warren in Kotzen, uh to the northwest of where we are at. And when he was uh, just a pup, did it even have the name Gunk yet? When he was just a pup in this world, and there is a terrible flood, terrible storm, terrible flood. And the to give you an understanding of how the Warren was, we have seen some some Warrens. They have it's very crowded, but also um, it's very uh, it's not very democratic. It's very mob oriented. And when the flooding came, no one uh, tended to the pups, uh, to the pup room. Uh, everyone, uh, they, they sort of scattered on their own. And so uh, Gunk, not yet Gunk, and many of the other pups, uh, the scrailing pups, uh, were, forced to, um, were forced to learn to swim. It was very much sink or swim. And uh, it was a, a very terrifying experience watching so many, so many scrailing be washed away down into the deeper tunnels, uh, sometimes being washed out into the rivers and the streams. And some, like Gunk, was able to, uh, to find, uh, find his way, uh, strengthen his arms and legs, and, 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 and find safety. And it is a, an experience that has uh, very much stayed with him uh, over his life, as, as he was taught at a very young age the, the arbitrary nature of death, how it comes sometimes... Far too soon to good folk and far too late to bad folk. And it comes unexpectedly to those, uh, to those who are not ready for it. And it comes sometimes painfully and slowly to those who are. And uh, he saw that day all these poor, young, scrailing pups struggling and no one within the war and willing to, uh, willing to help us. Uh, and so that was then that Gunk learned to, to swim, but to also be... Be self-sufficient, because he knew, even then, that this Warren would uh, would cast him aside, would abandon him eventually, because they did very young. With those thoughts in mind, you've made it back to camp. The Seabeard made it to shore. Uh, the crew has become has started scurrying about. Uh, rebuilding the camp, gathering supplies to put back onto the ship uh, with word that you've discovered a shipwreck that can be used to repair that ship. 
they're not necessarily trying to make a more permanent camp. Uh, in fact, many of them have decided that they're going to sleep on the ship uh, overnight just in case there is any more horrific encounters. Before that happens, though, Zaldrin, Wolford kind of singled you out. He waited for a moment where you were by yourself and he came up to you and Zaldrin, I just, I have to say, I, I suppose you're the reasonable one of the pack now. I don't know how that, anyways, you're the reasonable one. And I just want to tell you that that crew tried to leave without you. They wanted to uh, start sailing to Haltus. And I told them, no, we have to anchor and we are waiting for the pack. And I'll, as he's saying this, you see a sailor walking behind carrying some supplies that just kind of gives a look, but keeps walking. And I'm just saying, like, there was even one or two. They wanted to take your coin and treasure and divvy it up. But I said, no, I, I put a stop to that right away. So I just want you to know, and you can tell the others if you want. You don't have to, but you can tell the others if you want, um, that I protected you. So you you want to make sure that I am aware that you are loyal to the pack. No, no, no. Of course I'm loyal. That goes without saying. I, I was saying that there are some people that may not be loyal. And just, you know, take that with, you know, whatever. Just, yeah. Just, sure, sure. Uh, they, they appear to be here now. Well, yeah, I because I stopped them from leaving. I, I told I them they had to. Had to stay. I, I was not going to let them leave without you. And they all listened to you. Oh, of course, you know, I, I'm very charismatic when I need to be. Oh, I should I should go have a talk with them and see just how it was. That they oh, no, no, you don't have to talk you. with them. It'd be a little awkward, you know, because then like I'm snitching on them. You don't need to talk to them. You don't need to make any waves or anything. But I just want you to know, like, you know, be careful with them. You know, if they say something to you, you may not want to believe it. Oh, oh what 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 might they what might they tell me? Nothing, nothing. I, I I'm. I mean, in the future, you know, like if you leave them alone without like me here to watch them, they might try to leave you or something like that. I see. I see. Well, to be honest, uh, when we're dealing with issues like, you know, the death of a pack member, I, I can't say that my concern was really with the silver. Oh, no, I, I understand. Of course, you know, Bacho, he's. He's very dear to me. Um. But I, I'm just saying uh, that, like, you may not want to trust them. And I uh, have some sway over them, I've discovered. And I know that there's, like, you know, a new space open for, like, a shipmaster, you know, something like that. And I I think I've built up a rapport with them. Just just throwing it out there. That's all. You know, and you know I'm loyal to you. You have, you have told me that you are loyal to me. I will take this under advisement, Packmate. Thank you. I knew you'd be the reasonable one. The other ones, they just get so grumpy. And Mirren just, she's been so mad at me ever since, you know, ever since you guys, like, killed my brother. You know, she's, like, blaming me for trying to leave him. I, I don't get it. Anyways. I, I think if you if you put some thought to it, I think you might be able to see it from her perspective. But I, I understand you see things from your perspective and you don't necessarily see things from other people's perspective. And I, I, I understand that. Message well, I mean, received, don't we all see things loyal. from our own perspective? 
we, we yes, naturally. But if we take a moment to think, we can see things from someone else's perspective, and that helps us as a pack when we can try to see what someone else might want. You know what? I get what you're saying. I'm seeing this from your perspective right now. I know exactly what you're talking about. We are right on the same page. You know that I'm so we're completely to... aligned, and you know it's just great to know that we have such a bond of trust and loyalty between us. Yeah. So, so right now, you know, that I'm looking to exit the conversation and get back to what I was doing. You knew that that's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Because you can see things from my perspective. Great. Yeah, of course. Um, what were you doing? Were you making camp? You want to help building the tent? I'll come help you. Come on. With that, you are just not able to get away from Wofford. He seems stuck to you the entire night. Uh, the night passes mostly uneventfully Zaldrin might end up a little bit grumpier and less rested than the rest of you um you learn that there is going to be a bit of work that will entail in repairing the ship uh, the next morning uh, everyone packs up camp they put it all on the seabeard and they start sailing north to the shipwreck uh, it's not a long sail uh, you didn't have to travel far walking between the two. So sailing makes it a little bit easier, even despite the poor condition of the ship. Uh, and this is where the crew has started to make a more permanent camp. You still have one more full day of darkness, full night of darkness, before the light will finally arrive. Everyone is exhausted. Everyone is tired. There are about... Um, 16 crew members that are left you started with almost 24 so there's been some casualties honestly it could have been much worse if you weren't around but there's still a toll that's been taken physically and emotionally so the crew themselves have not yet begun to truly repair the ship they're waiting for light to happen what are the four of you doing to rest recover train um let's start with aaron what does this day look like for you? Macho is coming to grips with this, who he is now, or trying to understand if he still is himself. He's reaching deep within himself, feeling the warmth of this artifact burning through his body, and he's focusing on what that is going to mean for him, how that has changed him. So um, he's training. Uh, he's actually training in the lucky talent here. He's picking up the lucky talent, but it's going to manifest as a as a property of his union with the artifact um, as it's reaching through him to give him strength and help to protect him. And I, I made my witch roll earlier, so I went ahead and trained up on that. But he's so he's spending a good portion of that day just trying to come to grips with who he physically is now and trying to determine if it has changed him emotionally or mentally. So, and part of that is he's approaching Zaldrin. Zaldrin. Yes. I need your counsel. I need your help. What can I, do I was I was unmanned in that last battle by that Wendigo. The fear of it turned my bowels to water. 
but you were stronger, and I know that you've often told me of your training to become an orc warrior. I'm not... I don't... Between you and I, I'm not 100% sure of who I am at the moment, what I am. Will you help ground me? Will you help teach me what you were taught so I can find my own center? And in this, he's training to pick up level one of the fearless talent, which Zaldrin already has. So that would be how he's focusing on this this last day of Gwynnot. And Zaldrin, to perhaps to your chagrin, um, tell, says, yes, exactly. Uh, we will do this. And then kind of walks away. Like, I think you were kind of expecting that something was going to happen right then. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and she makes it her mission to catch you off guard. Okay. <laughs> so I'm picturing, <laughs> I don't know that this is actually a thing, but sort of the old school stories of like walk around campus with a football in your arm uh-huh. and you never know when somebody's going to try to punch it out kind of a thing. Like you never know when she's just going to come up behind you um, and just startle you or like get someone else to startle you. And so for like 48 hours, you I just don't know what's I'll, happening. I'll be the Clouseau to your Cato any day. <laughs> and there are quite a few instances where Zaldrin does get you, Bacho, where you didn't know she was there. Uh-oh. There are also a few instances <laughs> where you heard Woford just chattering nonstop around a corner. So you knew someone was there. And then you look and you see Zaldrin just exhausted from Woford next to her. <laughs> But for the most part, when she was able to get away from Woford, uh, she was very much able to train you. When it comes to your lucky feet, you said you were spending some time coming to terms, and uh, I assume you were alone during that, uh, Mm -hmm. really just trying to focus inward. There was one instance where, in the darkness, you went a bit further away from camp. The cold isn't bothering you anymore. You leave your furs uh, back at camp. You don't need them anymore. And you just sat and listened to this intense wind howling, trying to feel the cold, just wondering if it's even there. You know that it's there, but it just doesn't affect you the same way. And it's hard not to let that scare you. A sensation that you've experienced so many times over your life is just gone. And you're not numb, but it just doesn't hurt the same way it used to. Bacha would burrow, he'd be burrowing down in the snow, just trying to find some way to get to the deep cold just to try to feel it. You dig down and you you get down to the ice and you just find your uh you dig a big enough spot that you are literally sitting on ice. You're almost freezing to it. Uh you're kind of sticking to it every time you pull up. But the ice is also melting a little bit from your body heat on top of it. And while you're there just waiting, trying to come to terms with this, there is a point where you sort of fall into a trance, not necessarily like a sleep, but a sort of daydream where you're you're fully conscious, but your mind is wandering. And you start seeing yourself at the end of a feasting table and surrounding this feasting table are people that are just 
they look magnificent to you. However you feel like the peak person would look, likely a wolfkin because that's what you are. These are the Adonises of anyone you've ever seen. Peak perfection. They stand two feet taller than you do. Incredible muscle tone. They're all attractive. They all look as if they're capable as well with the way they're geared, with the way they move themselves. And they are just having an amazing time carousing with each other. They're yelling at each other. They're laughing with each other. These words are intelligible to you, but at the same time, they don't sink in. You're not really registering them. And there's someone on the far side of this table, not actually at the table, but in the shadows of this feasting hall. And she is just staring at you. And for a moment, you enjoy as if you're carousing with them. But then you lock eyes with her. And something just feels wrong. You feel, you know that you are being watched. But again, this is a daydream. So before you can really figure out the logic of it, figure out what it means, you're out of it. And again, you're on the ice. You're surrounded by snow. The ash is falling down. The wind is howling. And that's the end. This same trance daydream would likely happen to you multiple times as you're trying to come to grips with what's happened to you. Especially when you focus inward, that's when it happens more often. But occasionally, if there's a moment of boredom, uh, if you're doing some sort of mindless task, whether it's setting up a tent or repairing something, that's when it can happen as well. Whenever your mind wanders, you can't really force it to happen. Zaldrin, what do these days look like for you, other than scaring Bacho? So what I'm hoping is that in the process of kind of training up Bacho with Fearless, that that's also kind of improving Zaldrin's Fearless as well, kind of like going back through the basics of like, this is how you kind of increase your attention and, and whatnot. So looking to actually jump two ranks in Fearless. Um, but after that, uh, she would have a conversation with Wolford, and she's going to say, you know what? Oh, you need me? Yeah, I'm right here. I Anything do. you need, Zaldrin. So glad. So glad. So I need to work on my scouting. And what I need scouting. to be able to pay attention to is when someone is lying silently in wait to attack me. Oh, I, I know. So I I'll need, get one of the sailors. I'll no, get no, no, five of you. the sailors. I I'll get you. them to just, I'll, I'll post them up around camp. Uh, I'll have them like lie down under furs so the snow comes over them. And then when you're like going around the camp, I'll have them jump up at you. That's not so good. I need, I need you to be one of them though. Well, no, I have to coordinate. And no, I'll be no, with no. you. You've got to be one of them. Well, I have to make sure that you stay like in the same routes and things like that so that you don't like, you know, if there's it's a big camp. If you wander the wrong way, they won't be there to jump mm, out at you. Mm. I mean, I mean, I can find somebody else to help me if, if you're not willing. To no, no, no. I, I can take care of this. I can take care. OK, so I'll get four sailors and myself and, you. Uh, and yes. we'll all post up around uh, and yes. we'll just we'll scare the shit out of you. It's a silent. That's what you want, right? 
ambush. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell them not to actually hurt you, but you know, like we'll come at you with knives if you want. Because you know? I'm scouting, so I'm scouting to see if I can find the people that are there silently looking to ambush. Oh, me. well, that's a little less boring. That's just like hide and seek, isn't it? That's a little more boring. I suppose. Are you sure you want me to do this? There's there's a lot of people that are less capable I than me. I think think it would be great. Okay, you know, I, great. Silently we have hiding. this bond now. We have this trust, you know, and you can count on me. I, I got your back. You know, this I, is why I, I come protected to you. you while you guys were gone. I just want you to remember that. Gunk is far better at stealth than you, but I came to you for this task. Okay, okay, okay. Just because he's tiny and his fur, like, is so muddy that it blends into shadow, like, he, he's got an unfair advantage, is all I'm going to say. That's all In I'm the say. snow, I think that's the wrong color camouflage. Well, it's dark out. But anyway, let's start now. Right now. Starting now. Okay. Um, well, I gotta find four other sailors. Uh, but yeah, I'll go now. Okay. And he goes and he pulls these sailors off from legitimate work to try and tell them how we're playing hide and seek now with Zaldrin. <laughs> and so uh, Zaldrin will find the four sailors and send them back to their work quickly and not find Wilford for give me a scouting it. role. This doesn't actually matter. I just want to see how well it goes. <laughs> have i um sorry i was working on a talent for this this was six cents uh, you can count the talent as being upgraded before you do the scouting roll sweet i can add a d8 artifact die. <laughs> <laughs> uh do, 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 do. okay d8 artifact die. sorry uh scouting artifact d8 roll two successes Okay. The first success, you immediately find these four sailors before they'd even really started hiding. They were still kind of like huddled up like, are we really supposed to like hide around camp? Uh, and you see them after the the moment that Woford walks off and you tell them, you know, go back to work, whatever. With the second success, you find the tracks that lead to Woford immediately. You know exactly where he is. And for the rest of the day, you're able to avoid him scouting around him uh, to not have to deal with him anymore. Once it's like mealtime or something, I will loop around the long way and just be like, just jump out. <laughs> you see, actually, you jump out around mealtime and you find that the spot is empty. And as you go to uh, the rest of the camp where the fire is, you see that Wofford has already begun eating. Uh, apparently he got bored uh, a little bit later and uh, decided to get dinner. But I still didn't hear his voice all day. You still didn't have to deal with it. When he, he was still trying to avoid you. <laughs> uh, Mirren, what are things looking like for you? Well, unfortunately, first, perform first and foremost, all of the weapons are broken. We've got to repair Bacho, your sword. Gunk, what did you break again? Stabs? A bunch of spears? Literally Zaldrin? everything. I apologize. Literally everything? I know I've got some bows and crossbows. Zaldrin, what did you break? Uh, I think it was my long spear that got broken. Great. Uh, who wants to help? I, I will help. help you, Mirren. I will help you. Thank you, Bacho. I, there's a lot of weapons to repair. You guys did a lot of damage. 
Uh, an extra pair of hands would be great. Thank you, Bacho. And Mirren will go through the process of repairing our weapons and teaching Bacho how to craft and repair the weapons as well. All right, let's get some... Uh, you have to roll crafting to repair them, correct? I do, yeah. I do. And uh, do you mind? I'm going to grab one from the audience. Because Absolutely. this is a strength-based skill. And Bacho is going to be a, a lot better at it almost immediately. <laughs> uh, you can take plus one for Bacho helping as well. Oh, nice. That is uh, very good. Uh, that is no sixes. Uh, the one is on my actual crafting skill, so I will put that aside and push. <laughs> Don't knock myself out again. Don't knock myself out again. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have <laughs> one six. <laughs> One success. One success. So that is able to uh, replace or repair one point of damage. Am I correct in that? We haven't actually done crafting to repair, I believe. I haven't done it before, no. I probably would start with my bow, uh, and I would teach Bacho how to repair his sword. So I got one back on the bow. Great. Uh, My bow needs two, so I'd be trying to do that again. Um, let me see here. And that is one down on strength. All right. Uh, I am going to try to repair my bow and all the other weapons again. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. So there is two sixes, no ones. So I'm going to push again. And they're the ones, but they're on the craft dice, so that is fine. Uh, so that is two successes. So my bow is repaired, then one point on something else. Can Bacho take a swing at repairing his own sword now that uh, Mirren is showing him the ropes? Absolutely. And uh, I'm reading here, if you want to spend more time than the minimum required to craft an item or repair an item, uh, you get a plus one modification as well. Oh, um, okay. So, which the spears, gunk, the spears are they only do they only have one point of damage normally, or do they take more to repair? That is a great question. Uh, because I think it's based upon the quality of the item, right? So, yes, uh, the staff is just one, uh, so it's just one on the staff, and it is two on the long spear. Okay, well, the staff can be repaired, and the long spear needs two. Um, let's go ahead and roll this together because you're you're repairing two lengths of wood Uh, you're basically creating two different shafts of wood so you can do that at the same time uh bacho got three sixes on his repair roll for his long sword perfect so So you've learned how to craft and you've been able to uh take the nicks out of your sword fix the bends that kind of thing replace the hilt I hear, Bacho, you can do uh, Zaldrin's uh, thingamabobber next, and I'll get Gunk's other thingamabob. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Maren, for teaching me this. Honestly, I've got to start dinner soon, so this is really helpful just to have (laughs) another pair of hands around. I got two two sixes. Two sixes for Gunk's thing, so it is repaired as well. Okay. Uh, so Mirren spends a good amount of time crafting. Did you try to learn anything during this time, or do you want to save that for the next day? 
I'll save that for the next day because I do believe crafting does take a while to do. Uh, And there were, I getting teaching Bacho at the same time is pretty good because that is a dispersion of some of the (laughs) load. So I think I'm happy with that. I will bother uh, them later. (laughs) Like you said, you have to get dinner ready. So after you've spent a whole day uh, working and crafting, uh, you get dinner ready and as soon as you get a slight smell coming out of that stew, Woford is there uh, and he is he's kind of like watching over his shoulder constantly looking like for anyone who comes around. But he is just glued to you uh, and trying to uh, take sips of the stew uh, before it's ready, uh, just chattering nonstop the entire time. I think Gunk is looking for you, actually, Wilford. Uh, dinner will still be another hour. No, actually, actually, Zaldrin's looking for me, and she's not supposed to find me. So That's I'm going to stay here. Great. Uh, I sure does not don't want because... you here. So just go away no, for a little while. One hour. <laughs> I'm a helpful person. No. Oh, Mirren, I, I feel like we need Sit to sort some things out. Sit in the corner over there, and you can watch. Like, I, I feel like you've been mad at me ever since Ekfelon, you know, like... I wasn't actually leaving the party. It wasn't anything about you. It wasn't you. It was me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just some things I had to deal with. And I don't Great. know why Go this hostility... Go deal with them in the corner over there. Okay. And then he... Can I get one more sip? And he goes no. to reach for... Yeah. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> Ladle him. Slap his hand away. Wolford, <laughs> it's time for your combat practice. Come with me. He goes white. And then slowly moves away from the fire gunk thumbs up bacho (laughs) what does this time look like for you so gunk is going to at first take some time to himself uh and to do some reading as he's going to with the the with the resurrection of bacho he knows like gunk knows deep down like like that was that like bacho was dead and Bacho, Bacho is now alive. And so Gunk has, for the first time, managed to, well, not necessarily for the first time, because he also controlled the undead. So, like, this idea uh, is, like, just raging through his head, the idea of understanding, overcoming death. And he's convinced that these tablets have more to teach him, these tablets that we've been carrying on for a while. So he's going to, uh, unless you have a specific way of, of conveying this, he's going to spend some time reading uh, as best he can. And he also actually will chase down Woford at some point for some testing. Uh, so <laughs> let's much start with the reading. At yeah, first. that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we've talked about before, they're written in Ashkash, an ancient dead language, and the runes seem to be magical. They constantly shift and change. You're reading, you've developed a familiarity with Ashkesh. So it's not as long to translate as it used to be, but it still takes quite a bit of mental power. You know, Gunk obviously has plenty of that, but of it course. takes it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's say that you're reading this in a tent, a little bit sheltered from the wind, likely by yourself. Uh, there's mm-hmm. plenty of uh, space now that the the crew is busy working. They're not all sheltering right now. The fire in this tent is flickering uh, light and shadow across 
you're straining your eyes to read. You can read in the dark, but in this like in between, it almost makes it harder at times. And out of the corner of your eye, you see on the canvas of the tent, there is a shadow that appears again. And it's a humanoid shape. It starts rather small, maybe a foot or so. Then as the fire continues to flicker, it grows and grows until it's about the size of the entire uh, side of the tent, three, four feet. And it's a hooded figure. It's very indistinct. It could be a figment of your imagination, but at the same time, these flames are flickering. They're uh, licking at the cold air. And this shadow itself is not changing. And you see this hooded figure. You're, you're almost personifying it at this point because you're you're watching it so closely. Where its arm would be, it begins to just move out to the side, almost as if it's holding a palm up. And then, strangely, a beam of light comes right out of the fire and shines where its palm would be. Uh, in modern day, it would look like a flashlight. To gunk, it would look like a it would be magic where the way it, it shines this spotlight, but it's in the shape of a skeletal owl hold. He's holding a skeletal owl is the only way that you can comprehend this. Do I hear anything? Uh, other than the flickering of the flames and the people working outside the tent, the howling wind, nothing to do with the show. Okay. So, and, and it's just, it's still there. It's still on the, on the, on the canvas. Yes, you get okay. the sense that it's not watching you, mm -hmm. but it's keeping you company. Mm -hmm. Gunk will look over at it, kind of raise an eyebrow. It does does it move when he looks at it? Like, because you said it's at a corner of his eye. Does it shift and move or does it stay? It started at the corner of your eye. As soon as you watch it more, it almost seems to take a more defined shape. It, it becomes more real the longer you look at it. You look at it a little longer and the, the light reflects and you start to see folds in the robes. You see more mm. definition. Uh, it almost becomes like 3D. It's obviously not. It's still on the tent, yeah. but there's depth there. Can you speak? Give me a manipulation. Actually, give me a lore. That's way better. Whew, okay, I can do that. All right. Uh, two successes. You ask it, can you speak? And you feel as if there should be a response. And instead of actually hearing words back, you hear the sound of an instrument, uh, a flute of sorts, just a long tone, a pleasant tone, but a long tone. Does it look like it's coming from like, cause you're saying like some of the, some of the visuals that they started to, I started to see details. Do I see like a, like a you mouth You still can't see a there? face or okay. anything like that. You still see, it's just a hooded figure with a skeletal owl. 
Gunk will and attempt that, to... Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say Gunk will attempt to sort of like sheepishly m- mimic that sound as best he can, like try to whistle a bit, which is not an easy thing for a Scraling to do, I would imagine. I want a performance for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take it. Not as good as lower. No, 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 no. Got it. Uh, I got one. Got a success. With that, this skeletal owl, and not many people have seen owl skeletons. They're very strange shaped. Uh, they have very long legs. Uh, the body of an owl is mostly feathers and air. So seeing a skeletal version of it, just it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. And when you try to mimic that tone, the owl begins to spread its wings and it takes off from the hand. And with that, the, the fire begins to flicker and the form on the, the tent begins to just fade away. Not immediately, but slowly. Uh, Gunk will step out of the tent and try to see if he can figure out which direction the owl like flew off to. Uh, yeah, you've done a couple checks already and they were both successes, so I'm not going to ask you for another one. You step out of the tent watching this light and the fire is no longer giving off that spotlight, but you do see that there is a bit of light still following in the snow mm-hmm. and it shoots off dramatically fast, as fast as an owl can fly, much faster than you can move towards the direction that you know isn't very far away, the ice cavern that Mm -hmm. you all came out of. Okay. If that's the case, Gunk is not so bold as to go there by himself, though he does entertain the thought, I think. As he he, maybe he takes like 15, 20 steps outside of the camp and then he realizes, no, no, if I, if something were to happen to me, then the pack would fall apart. So I must return. And so that's, that's how he sells it to himself. It's not his trepidation. As you say that to yourself from behind you, you don't even hear this person approach. Wolford, are you saying something? And then. Because he startles me, uh, I think what happens is is Gunk is going to lash out with his some sort of newfound power. He's been digging into this this necromantic path of the dead. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I want to be like really mean right now, or if I just want to be kind of mean. What it's do we your think, call, buddy? Really mean or kind of mean? I mean, how much did he startle you? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. Let me see. Let me roll for it. Okay, I'm going to go 50. So just do a 50-50 and we'll say, hi, it's really mean. <laughs> he got three net ones okay. uh, for his stealth roll. Okay, so I'll say he doesn't. So he doesn't startle me too much. So then he doesn't necessarily like freak me out to the point where I unleash everything on him. So instead... I will just turn around to him and I will, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of discovering the terror spell and I've been messing around with telepathy and getting into his mind so frequently. And now as I reach into it with the intention of kind of scolding him, this, this 
necromantic, this path, this obsession with death floods into his into his his own brain, and he sees images of himself aging and dying. Uh, and I will, I will actually cast the spell terror, uh, and I'll cast it at power level two. I'll burn my. You're even of, increasing the power level. I want it. I want him to feel. It's <laughs> 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 right. so a four to three. So there's no, uh, no, uh, mishap. Uh, and so he takes two points of wits and empathy damage because it's equal to the power level. And he sees horrible images of his own aging and death. Oh God. Oh God. I'm ugly. What happened? I'm ugly. You have been. And he just kind of like birth. staggers back. Do not sneak <laughs> up on me. I am far too powerful. I cannot control all of this. You are lucky. I have not sucked the life from you. Is this you? You're doing this awful magic? Awful? Awful magic. This is powerful magic. This magic is the reason Bacho is alive and we are all still here. Be careful. And then he'll get like really dark. Be careful who you call awful Wolford. I just, I just came because Zaldrin doesn't want to find me and Mirren kicked me out of the... I was trying to help her cook, and this is awful. Okay, sit down. Sit down. It's going to be fine. God, I'm so tempted. collapses into the snow. God, I'm so tempted to cast Weight of Ages and age him up like 20 years. I'm not going to do that. That's that's like, that's villainy. Uh, (laughs) Not quite there yet with Gunk. Like, it is fine. You were very useful. Very useful to me. You have confirmed what I have already suspected. My powers are growing. Thank you, Wolford. You have been an excellent assistant. Excellent. I I am helpful. I, I'm good at helping people. And as long oh God, as you I don't remain help helpful, as long as you remain helpful, you will be under my protection. Do you think if I I'm helping Zaldrin, do you think I'll be under her protection? I'd rather be under... I, I mean, no, I like your protection. I just... I, yeah, thank you. N- that think? is the correct answer. All of the other oh, words before it oh, should God. have remained inside your head. <laughs> There's too much in my head right now. That has never been the case in your life. I've got to go back and see if I can get some stew. That sounds like a good idea. Bring me one, a bowl, too. I'm kind of hungry. He staggers up and stumbles away, running as fast as he can, not actually moving that quickly. He trips on the way back. Uh, you don't see him the rest of the night. He does not bring you a bowl of stew. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> really? Well. He, he's so scared of you, he doesn't want to be around Noted. You. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the day passes the night passes you settle into rest in this camp like i said most of the sailors are sleeping on the ship again so you wake up the next morning thankfully there are glimpses of light coming through the ash clouds above 
just barely filtering through and it's still late morning before it happens but seeing the sky just brighten a little bit uh, it it just it warms your soul in a way the the rest of the crew you can tell they are relieved they're enthusiastic uh they know that they can repair the ship they've made it through Gwenot in these horrible conditions and there's a chance that they're going to survive this the worst is behind them now you're not all out of the danger yet but there is a energy as the crew begins to really work in earnest at repairing the ship as breakfast is happening most of the crew is uh having stew that was warmed up from last night or some hard biscuits or any sort of reserves they have the four of you are uh gathering around the campfire likely most of you did some sort of watch the night before uh the next morning you are enjoying each other's company and Eva walks up to you and you remember her as the superstitious sailor who has kind of become the de facto leader of sorts with Okta out of the picture. Uh, she's not necessarily qualified to be a shipmaster. She doesn't own the ship at all. But she seems to be the one that the crew respects the most, even if she doesn't have the most experience. And she kind of like gently approaches you. Uh, she seems almost hesitant. And then finally, she just spits it out. So we, the crew has taken a vote. And well, let me start with this. I'm sorry. Uh, ship names die with their ship master. And that's very sad. It's very tragic. But Okta, he bought the ship from a dwarven trader. That's why it was named the Seabeard. And he never renamed it. And I, I believe that's why he had such poor fortune. And it wasn't that he was a bad shipmaster, but he just, everything went wrong for him. And while the, the crew, we voted and we'd like you all to give the ship a new name. Is this something you would be willing to do? Oh, I love naming things. That's exciting. Yeah, and it doesn't have to happen now. Uh, you know, take your time. Think about it. Um, well, the reason the crew wants you to do it is because we're we're really hoping that after we get out of here, I know we're not out of danger yet, but we're hoping that you will stay on with the crew. The, the crew, they, they respect me, but they are worshiping you. I mean, you've done things that they never thought were possible. You killed two sea serpents. You, you killed the Wendigo. You, and she looks at Gunk, can implant thoughts in people's minds. It's, Anyways, uh, we would all appreciate it. We would all feel more comfortable having your skills, your experience, your protection, and, and even after we get out of this horrible situation. And I know that crew. If you treat them right, they will follow you anywhere. 
Zaldrin will speak up. I, I do have to ask, uh, in our departure, uh, was there discussion of taking the ship and exiting this area? Oh, no. We would we never would have... Okta, his last orders were for us to take the ship out and anchor. And he and... Uh, the others they they gave their lives to give us time to launch the ship they they knew that they would their lives were forfeit and they still his still his last order was that we were to wait for you i think because he knew that you were our best chance for survival can i roll an insight on that response absolutely one success One success. You know Ebba fairly well, but you're not intimate with her. You've spent a good amount of time with her now. You, you've seen how she works. You haven't seen her be dishonest about many things. It's part of the reason why the crew respects her. She tells it as it is. That doesn't mean that you necessarily know that she's not lying right now, but you feel like she's being truthful. Thank you. And she'll kind of step back and look at everyone else. And Bacha will get in close and he'll sniff her hair, pull back. His fur on the back of his neck bristles a little bit, lets out a small growl. Eva. Yes. We will be we will be one crew, and perhaps one day you will run with the pack, but we will not desert you. Thank you. Yeah. Know that if you get us out of here, you'll have our loyalty forever. What do you say, my fur brother? Gunk, you know more of these things. You have a very brave crew. Bravery is... One of the most important characteristics that we can find in allies. If you uh, wish us to stay, then we shall stay. But. And he's getting a little chesty. You may, or the crew around the day-to-day -day running of the ship is, of course, up to you. But the decisions on where we go and what we do remains with us, the pack. Agreed? I don't know if I can agree to that. Not, not because the decision shouldn't remain with you, but I'm not sure that I'm capable of running the crew. That, that is a responsibility I've never had before. Really? You will balk at the... The idea of administration? Have you not seen what we have done here? You come to us with this being too difficult for you. You merely have to tell I, this one to go what I unfurl think, the sail and that one to go tie off a line. Gunk, maybe you should experience sailor life a little bit before you judge. Me? Yeah, you could do it. You're good at all sorts of things. I'm sure that it's not that difficult. 
I've seen these folk swinging this way and that. (laughs) Why don't you prove it then? And Mm -hmm. a mural look at uh, the sailor, like, yeah. Run him through the ropes. I I would be happy to teach you anything I know. Like I said, I... I, I've been sailing for years and years, but I've never been a shipmaster before. And I, I meant no disrespect. I just, it's a large responsibility and I didn't know if I'd be up to it. Mm. Marin is right. I can feel the seawater in my blood as well. Perhaps it is time we learned the craft. I'll teach you everything I know. I think you're going to do a great job. I mean, look, your competition is Wofford. He's been the human hanging out with us. He has been such a nightmare. He will not stop talking. And I I know he's with you, and I know he's part of your pack. And I'm sorry. I I mean, no disrespect. Absolutely none. We punch him a lot. I can punch him? Can I punch him? Oh, Mm. yes. Please. That'll make things so much better. He must be toughened up and trained how to survive and fight. In fact, all of the sailors, when they're taking breaks, should practice attacking him to see how well he handles himself. Uh, we might want to repair the ship first, but that's something we can we can do yes, once we're out of Repairing the ship first. We'll figure out the details of Are that. Are you later. questioning? He is our responsibility. Bacho's authority in this? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just... I... You can probably just say yes and smile and nod and then ignore the bits you don't like. Sometimes we go off. But don't worry, you're going to do a great job. Okay. Uh, you exactly. Better. Get us out of here if you can. Yep. And uh, she will go and uh, relay to the crew how the conversation went. Uh, that it seems mostly positive <laughs> uh, that you all are willing to take them under your protection. Listen, someone has to show them tough love, you know? You can't always be. It's fine. I will be I will be bad constable. You be good constable. That is fine. Okay. No one has ever called me good constable. Mm. Or bad constable, I would imagine. Duh. Not a word that's thrown around often. No. Bacho. Uh, there's... Your first day of light, you're still resting, recuperating, training. Is there anything else that you're specifically trying to do? What does this day look like for you? He's just, at this point, Bacho is just trying to help out. And he wants to reconnect with every member of of the pack just to make sure that he feels like himself with them and then be, be productive and helpful. Give me, let's just say that this is a straight empathy check. And I know that's great for you. That's excellent. That's, a, that's two dice for for me. See how we do here. I'll take one audience dice. How's that? Sure. Uh, I got two sixes and a four. Okay. Um, That's you roll the 66 again. I know. I can't get away from it. It's going to kill. <laughs> it won't kill me again. <laughs> How would it look like when you were reconnecting with Mirren? 
uh, Bacha would come up and he would actually get make himself small as small as he can. He would come in slow and low um, and just sit at her side and and just watch her work, probably making breakfast or working on something. And then in just a very low growl, Marin, what is it that I can do to help you, sister? Bacho, you are doing really great. You helped me so much yesterday fix all these weapons for the the pack. That that saved me so so, so many hours of work. I I think you're doing a really good job. I'm so happy you're still here. And mm-hmm. and I was really scared the other day and and I think I think uh you should be more careful in the future, okay? I, I will. I will try. I, when you look at me, Mm. when you look in my eyes, do you still see me? Yes, you're, you're, you're warm, but it just means your heart is beating extra hard. And maybe you're going to feel a little bit more these days. Mm -hmm. And he picks up just a big fistful of snow and he presses it against his chest and and it just, of course, melts down into water almost immediately. Mm. He's like, all right, if I ever don't seem right to you, you'll tell me. You'll know. You know these things. I do. I, yes, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've dealt with that a little bit before. <laughs> and she'll kind of like look over her shoulder to a shadow that's a little bit too dark. Yeah, I, 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 I'll help. I'll help. I can keep an eye. My mind has been drifting at points in the last day to a bright feasting hall no. filled with great a great fang of Wilfkin. As Bacho is describing this, Mirren, uh, you can respond as normal, but you see that Bacho he kind of drifts off and it looks as if he's going to a different place mentally. Mirren will kind of like reach up and put both her hands on either side of his face and tilt him back to looking towards her. It's probably Mm. a future that you're meant to find. It sounds like it's, 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 you're a great wolfkin too. It's where you're supposed to be someday, but now you're here with us, right? Bacho, as she says this to you, you look down and you're still aware, you're still conscious of what's happening. That shadow that she kind of like alluded to, you see in that shadow the same woman who was watching you before, who's been watching you in this feasting hall. And you look down at Mirren and her eyes, they don't go black, but they immediately fill with tears. They're water and it's just gushing down constantly like streams and streams of water out of each eye and she's smiling she's talking to you and then her head just kind of like tilts back and back and back further until it falls off her shoulders and it rolls onto the ground and she's still speaking these words to you and those tears are just falling down making a puddle in the ice and snow underneath the fur on 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 uh, Bacho's uh, shoulders just ruffles up, and he takes one giant 
step back, almost a leap, and goes into a crouch. And his 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 nose is low, his lips are back, is are back, his ears are back flat, and he's just he growls. And because you got that successful empathy, as soon as you take that step back and you growl and you start to regain your thoughts, that's when you snap out of it and you see that Mirren is just standing there the way she was. You know, her head is perfectly fine. There's no one in the shadows. He he puts he buries his face down in the snow to try to feel the cold again. And then he looks up at Mirren. I'm sorry, sister. It's okay. Sometimes you just have to keep running. Mm. Perhaps you're right. Sometimes that's the life we live to avoid those shadows behind us. If you watch for my shadows, I'll watch for yours. It's a deal. And she'll spit into her hand and hold it out to Bacho. (laughs) Puts a giant paw out. And Bacho, you can't feel cold as well. You can still tell when it's cold, but you can't feel it as well. But there's something strangely reassuring about the spit in the hand, the warmth of it. That as you reach out and you shake, you can feel that life that was in that, that bond. Zaldrin, what does this day look like for you? Is there anything else you're training? Uh, How are you spending your time recovering? Uh, I would say Zaldrin is just sort of going out and scouting. She kind of did all of her training yesterday. She would have found uh, Wolford yesterday around dinner time while he was eating. She would have come up and slapped him kind of on the back as he's having some stew. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so you're spending your time scouting, likely creating a perimeter as well because mm-hmm. you uh, can actually see now. You can actually range around and not feel claustrophobic from the darkness closing in. You can see across the tundra and it's barren. You see that there are mountains and hills in the distance. The wind is still blowing harshly. The cold is so bitter and strong. But just having that little bit of light, the little bit of gloom that there is lighting up this day is just invigorating. And as you're ranging about, um, I would like a scouting roll from you. Two successes. Two successes. The first thing you see is that there are seagulls. Uh, you're further inland because you're doing a perimeter, but seeing seagulls is the first sign of light that most people see after the week of Gwenot. They're scavengers. They're, uh, they come out of hiding and they start looking for anything that died during the past week to start uh, feeding and recovering their strength after this week. You don't spend too much time on them. But as you get further, you see a mass of darkness on the tundra. And with those successes, you look closer and you realize that they're a herd of reindeer. So with that, you think maybe there's food. You start stalking a little bit closer. And as you're getting closer and closer to these reindeer, they don't seem to pick up on you. The wind is blowing the opposite direction. They're not picking your scent. There's no real place to hide, 
but you are trudging through the snow. It's almost up to your waist, so it's not that difficult to uh, really blend in. There is another one of these quakes, very similar to what you were feeling in the four, very similar to what cracked open the earth and caused you and Mirren to fall down into that cavern. I want to move check to stay on your feet. I've pushed no one down any holes. <laughs> Mirren fell down both holes, so I think that makes her guilty. One success. One success. So this shake is violent. Uh, and it really does threaten to just throw you down to the ground. These are quakes that you've never really felt before in your lifetime. And in Orokoa, there are quakes all the time. It, it's a volcano. There's constant shifting of the earth. This one just strikes so hard. And you fall down into the snow, flatten yourself, and it just keeps going and going. Until it finally stops. You're, you don't appear to... You don't see that there have been any more cracks in the earth. But there is something happening in this vicinity that just... It's not natural. I forgot to mention that uh, she would have had Ven with her while she was out scouting. Um, and so she's like trained Ven how to like kind of lay down and she's just, uh, I'm sorry, girl. I don't know what, I don't know what these are, but I think perhaps we go back. And maybe we go underground again try to see what is going on. So she'll kind of get on Ven's back to ride. When you mention underground, uh, you and Ven have such a bond that she kind of gives you some side eye as if she understood exactly what you meant and she's not happy about it. Okay. And you know Ven would never actually disobey you or anything like that, but she'll let you know when she doesn't like the idea. And that's the sense you're getting right now. Oh, I always look out for you, don't I? I I understand. It was not a great place. There's falling, lots of falling happened. But we should, we are brave. We should investigate. It'll be okay. And when you say we are brave, that just kind of enheartens her a bit. She appreciates the compliment. She's like, yeah, I am brave. And she lifts her head back. She gives her mane a little shake. Uh, and she continues uh, scouting out with you. Uh, go ahead and give me a survival check to see if you actually can catch one of these reindeer. Uh, you want to push? <laughs> so zero successes and two ones. Uh, to my wits, but we need to eat, and Mirren would be happy. Hey, one success, two damage to wits. All right. Uh, so the earthquake scattered most of the herd. And for a bit, you were very concerned that you wouldn't be able to find any more or that they were just running too far away uh, for you to catch up with them. But as you uh, were heading towards where the herd was, and it's not hard to track because they're just plowing through the snow. They're leaving wide tracks uh, from their massive weight, just uh, creating uh, trails in the snow. You find that there was one that actually was injured by this quake. It looks as if it... Uh, brained a leg or it, it broke a bone of some sorts uh, and you can hear it whining in the distance you get up there and you realize that it's just not going to make it anyways and it 
it would be the humane thing to do to actually put it out of its misery. And you needed the meat anyways. So you're able to uh, put it down, tie it up to Ven, and drag it back to camp. And with Mirren cooking it up the rest of the day, uh, let's give you all an extra die to your food. Mirren, I know if you have you have stretched our provisions for as long as you could stretch them, I thought perhaps you might need some fresh meat. Oh, Zaldrin, what you it's a whole thank you so much. I'm sure we can actually cure it and we can make some some like jerky and also a stew and we can have a roast tonight and and maybe some stuffing. You and see, she'll uh, sort of go off. Bacho reaches down, reaches his hand in, and pulls out its liver and just pops it into his mouth and starts chewing as he walks by. Wait, that would have been pate. Oh, you hear a bit sorry, of sizzle as it hits his mouth, too. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's healthy. The liver is full of good nutrients. Mm. Mirren, what does this day look like for you? Gunk, where did you go? I need you. Gunk, gunk, stop playing with your dead things. <laughs> no, gunk, come back. I know you're around here. Uh, Mirren is like running around looking for gunk. Um, gunk. <laughs> Eventually. What? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what, what is it, Mirren? What can I... Oh, gunk, there you are. Um, so you know how you're really good at packing things into your backpack? Yes, I I, and you're really good at hiding. Yes, these not good Those enough. Things. But yeah, I okay. need to learn that. Both. Okay. You want me to teach you how to pack things properly? Yes. Okay, and how to hide better yes. than you have been hiding. Uh, all lately. my pots and pans are like still in the snow, so we can collect those and put them back, so people can't just take them out again. Right. Well, see, the, the the trick to packing things is to just, you know, mm -hmm. um, well, first, you have to make sure that it's it's all about spatial relations, you'll see, and understanding, you know, the mm. proper packing procedures, because certain things are, you know, are, are big and heavy, and other things are smaller uh -huh. and light and fragile, and it's about a layering system. And then about seven hours go by uh, as Gunk is instructing Mirren on how to properly pack things and you see a montage of Mirren packing something showing it to Gunk and Gunk shaking his head no get back to it that is not good enough over and over and over again until finally late at night Mirren comes and like like this and then he just leans back and claps congratulations oh, So it takes seven hours to seven teach her how to pack. Like 20 minutes to do the stealth thing. No problem. That's oh, what yeah, I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, just yeah, duck a little bit. Things. You're really short. Just stay low to the ground. It's really oh, not okay. hard. I so, don't know why it's oh, so that's, difficult. that's great. It would yeah, be much guess... more difficult for Zaldrin. She's like a giant tree. It's like trying to hide <laughs> a tree in the middle of a, of a tundra. Just, you like, know? <laughs> the quality of the shadow is something I sometimes have trouble seeing. Right, right. You know, I mean, just you really have to embrace the shadows, you know? The, the darkness, you must become the darkness. Uh, you know? yeah. Sometimes Isla is there, though. 
Oh, well, you know, that, um, right. You know, you really yeah. probably should address this at some point. I Actually, yeah. that is something. I had a dream uh, when we all had those nightmares. I wanted to talk to you about, because I thought, you know a lot about lore and you read a lot. And I just kind of know a lot of, like, stories. But maybe she said, um, who spoke of penance to be paid before the mother and father? Who's the mother and father? Uh, game master, would Gunk yes. be able to roll something for this? No, this would be common knowledge. Um, okay. The oh. mother is Maylen, who you refer to as the Earth Mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, she is the creator of the Earth, and uh, she gave birth to the Kadaran, the six main gods. The father is Maylor. Uh, her mm -hmm. brother, husband, he is the arbiter of justice. Um, and he is the one that actually uh, killed Brita. Uh, mm. He chopped off her head uh, in penance uh, for her uh, supposedly attacking Gwenael. And so Gunk will not necessarily use those terms because he'll be like, oh, the mother is clearly the Earth Mother, the Father. Oh, okay, okay. Probably the Iron Father, I would imagine. Uh, oh, the the, the humans, you furthest folk, have a different names for them. Your obsession with naming things and so subscribing think... ownership of them. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I think Malin and Maylor was who, who my granny and grandpa used to say. And how? where would it go to pay a tribute at their feet where would that be game master is that to the and west i think that would be uh i can ping it on your yeah, map I think, there's, I think there's an island uh there is uh a rock formation that looks very similar to uh a man and a woman seated uh and it, it's a crude rock formation so you can't necessarily say that it was carved but the legends say that there was a great crafter that was equal almost to the gods themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and the gods commissioned her to create these two statues representing the mother and the father. And the crafter knew that to carve them was a great honor and the statues must have no other equal. So she chose to use an entire mountain as their base. And she spent her entire life working on these statues, toiling for years and years. And when the last piece was carved, the now old and feeble crafter looked up to these statues at their feet, but for a moment before falling dead. Uh, and he'll be explaining that story. But then, where uh -huh. could you ping it again? I didn't. I didn't have the map up. Ah, trying to. Okay. Oh, got it. Top left. Okay. The top left there. I see it. Yeah. Sorry, I was zoomed in for the stream. Uh, viewers. We have a link to a wiki that has this map for you, uh, and it is on there, so you can see it as well. There we go. Thank you, Melissa. I just switched over to the map so they can see it as well. Inside the not the famous oh, What a the, beautiful man! Thank you. Beyond the forest of ash, there is, and I'll just kind of go through it here and there. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I guess uh, bucket list. Maybe after we go beat up that elf. Yeah, uh, we can go ahead. I have no other plans. We could do this, yes. Mm. I have been wanted to travel north once more. I am sure the others would be more than happy to go you there could, with you. You could go say hi to your Earth Mother, like literally. <laughs> we speak every day. Okay. 
Thanks, Gunk. You can go back to playing with your dead things now. Playing? You called it? Yeah. Playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw them twitching like, eh. It's a good job. And so he's probably got, because you said there's like, uh, they're starting to see, we're starting to see animals again. He's probably been practicing, just draining the life out of stuff. Like just, hmm, oh. Okay, I can, how, how much can I drain before it? Oh, okay, that is too much. Okay. Oh, oh, that is feeble. That is perfect. Can I put it back now? And then, no, definitely can't put it back. I suppose I should be careful when I use this. Okay, okay. No one get, don't get too close to me, by the way, Marilyn, when I'm doing this. There's a radius around me you do not want to be in. And he just points, and you see that a variety of circles, but there's just, like, dead animals in a perfect <laughs> circle and, like, you know, things here and there. Oh. Like, don't get close. Seriously. Okay. I uh, kind of feel a little yeah. bad. I freaked out Wolford, but he sort of deserved it. But uh, He was trying to eat stew too early. And he never brought me my bowl. Can you believe that? I was wondering why you didn't get any food yesterday. Like, I had it all ready for you. It's okay. I, I took a seagull out of the sky and I ate it. The okay. sailors got very upset when I did this. They said something about bad <laughs> luck. And I said, ah, there is no luck. There's only what we do. Well, uh, we might need to pretend to leave the seagulls alone while we're around them. I don't need, I don't want to eat the seagull. I would prefer the stew, but, but the you stew know. was so moist and tender. Like, By the really? time I got to it, it was all gone. No one well, saved okay. anything for me. It's been like this my whole life. I don't know when to cut you guys off because Sorry. I love the banter so much. I'm just gonna keep going Sorry. until you do. We will. <laughs> we'll come up with something else. But I know you're waiting on me to say something, but at the same time, I'm enjoying watching. <laughs> All right, uh, Gunk. Was there anything else you wanted to do throughout the day? Uh, you were killing poor animals in a circle. Uh, okay. Mirren is constantly coming. Uh, Moving back and forth. I was with performing scientific skills. testing. Okay, that's what I was doing. <laughs> My experiments have ex have have expanded to the animal testing stage. It's it's gone to proper approval. Uh, You're real. He was he was dared, goaded, one might say, by his friend Mirin into learning to be a sailor. And see, this is the thing. Gunk has been swimming since a very young pup, as we've spoken about tonight. And there have been many times over the past several weeks and months of traveling with the pack where his, his prowess in the water has come to fore, leading everybody on the ship through the through Gwenat, uh, saving some folk when we were deep within, uh, beneath that, uh, that, uh, that ruined tower. And the, the, the tentacle monster, and he was just swimming while dragging. So he, he is not, he's not intimidated by these sailors. So he will take his, uh, with a half a seagull sticking out of his mouth, he will walk up to the sailors and then like, I feel it is time. <coughs> One second, I have a feather. Ooh, okay. I feel it is time that you should show me how the ship properly works. If I am going to lead this rabble, I shall like to know how it works. You spit out the seagull and a couple feathers, you know, like drift in the air, taken oh, by the, the wind. Beak. I got the beak. You ever get the beak like up into the roof of your mouth? It is so, and then it's just painful for like three days. And you're just talking to a sailor who is like caulking boards in the ship and he's looking down at you. What is this scrailing doing? Uh, but 
Emma soon comes to rescue this poor sailor who is terrified of you. Um, and she begins showing you around the ship and there really isn't much, uh, on deck that you haven't experienced before. You, you've spent quite a bit of time on ships. So you understand uh, how the sails work, how the rudder works, how steering works, even navigating because you helped do that so much previously. Um, so what you're learning more is about how to repair the ship, uh, maintaining the ship, uh, especially like how you caulk the boards and how they have to be carved at just the right angle to create the right space for the, the moss to be pounded in uh, how the, the ballast is, it's just a pile of stones in the center of the ship, but it still has to be distributed properly. And the type of stone matters because some stones are heavier than other stones. And then it can create the ship off. It can make the ship be off balance, things like that. And you also learn quite a bit about the superstitions that Ebba has about sailing. Oh, here and we go. With every bit of information about repairing, there is some sort of super superstition that justifies it in her mind. And this seems to be something that's completely agreed upon by all the sailors. So as mm -hmm. she'll tell you something, there will be a couple sailors that nod their head and give their two cents in how they agree with it. Uh, you hear a lot of stories about how uh, they have a cousin who his ship sank mm -hmm. because they didn't do this. These kind right. of things. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> it's always I know someone who knew someone uh, right. of that sort. But there right. is an it's really endless list of superstitions that you need to learn before you can become a true sailor. Right. Okay. That sounds that sounds good. That's great. Like it. Good. That, good job, everybody. Good job. What are we talking about? We're talking about how when you build a new ship, you need okay. uh, a virgin to pee on the ballast in order for it to sail north. Otherwise, it can what? only sail south. Right. Uh, what is ballast again? That's the rocks in the bottom. We, we've talked about this. And the, the rocks, you know, there are different types of rocks. You know, there are like sea stones that are very smooth. And then there are right. stones that you get from the mountain that are kind of rocky. And those can flake. They're not as dense. The sea, sea stones have been uh, worn round by the water. And you don't want to get those hot because they'll explode. Right. And so why do you put rocks in the boat again? Isn't that going to just make it sink? You are not very good sailors. Okay, so there's this strange thing about physics called displacement, and you create a ship that's wide enough that it displaces the water and the water pushes it up, but it doesn't create balance. So you have to have this ballast, the rocks in the center of the ship, so that it doesn't rock too much. Right. It, it's math. I'll I'll show it to you. And Emma you starts have like one of those like three cornered hats or something I could wear. What is it? No, uh, I can't remember. What, what's it called again? I have a helm. Do you want a helm? Eh, I don't really want a helm. Anyone can get the helm. You know, the big ones with the three. You know, it's like a triangle. Ah. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. Oh, okay. I thought you were. It, it's probably. Bit, you know what? You know what? I have heard of those, and it's actually bad luck to wear them because uh, oh. they attract reverse. I don't believe in luck, so you know, it is. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it could save your life. You know, right. take the information with what you will. Right, gotcha. Okay, so I'm good to go. Right, I can just uh, we go to here. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'll teach you more as we're sailing. Uh, once we're ready to go, it it should only be a few more days. I think we're making good progress. 
yeah, no, for sure. It looks great. Like, which I love what you've done, like over there. What side of okay, the like is I, that again? Is that the? I know uh, it's not going to be perfect. We're we're using a shipwreck to repair our ship. It's not going to be amazing. But once we get to a harbor, you know, we'll be able to pull it starboard? out and we'll be able to really repair it. Why do you call it starboard? Why do you just call it like the left side? Um, actually, starboard. Um, is the the star comes from the word steer, uh, and the rudder is on uh the right side of the ship. Boy, uh, so the that's the question. the board, uh, where like you dock. Uh, you know, the steer board, you know, on the right side of the ship. Okay. Well, that was great. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing. And, and we um, call the left one port uh, because the guy who decided it just really likes wine. Okay. I can get behind that reasoning. That's good. I like that one. I'll remember that one. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go out the back of the ship now. So I will see you later. Right. Yes, and you disengage from this. Uh, you had your training. You didn't necessarily like it, but you did go through it. <laughs> uh, you can and... sail a ship now? <laughs> oh, totally. Gang's got this. It's all up here. <laughs> Mine like a steel trap is here. Come on. Uh, and we are moving into uh, our second day of Bendal of the month of Lanvar. So we're in a new month. We're in a new week. Uh, the weather is getting warmer. It's still very cold. It's going to take some time before the world heats up again. After a week of darkness, it, it takes multiple days to really pull out of that stormy weather. But it's getting there. And you're past the worst of it. And I believe you all had decided that you wanted to go back to those ice caverns, correct? That is correct. Yes. All right. So if there's nothing else you want to do to prepare for that, uh, you all can have geared up the night before uh, to head out early the next morning. Um, are Ven and Cloud going with? Taldrin uh, will have recognized Ven's reticence uh, and left her in charge of Cloud. And Woford uh, has also come forward saying, you know, these people, they're not always that trustworthy. So I'll stay here and I'll keep them in line. And you know what? I'll make sure that Ven gets the perfect braids just the way you like them. You do such a good job with her braids. I very much appreciate that. Yes, I've never delegated it out to anyone else. Never. Well, at the end of the day, as long as Ven has uh, wonderful braids, that is what is important. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we have such a bond now, Zaldrin. You and I, you know, it's going to be you and I to the end. You know, because I protect you and you protect me. We will see you when we get back. And with that, the four of you set out towards these ice caverns. It's not too far away, but I still want to lead the way roll. I can do that. I get a plus one with my Pathfinder talent. And not just a plus one, but you get a plus one from Mirren's map because she so dutifully right. uh, scribbled on that paper uh, with Zaldrin as her drafting cord. And uh, we're going to roll this into actually navigating the caverns as well. So you get another plus one because Gunk left coins throughout those caverns. Okay. All right. We hopefully will do well. There's a whole army full of dice in my hands. Well, I got uh, two successes. And I'm not going to push it because I would take three points of wits damage 
So it's just the two successes. Which damage has never caused you trouble before, though? Horrible roll. Uh, Two successes is plenty. Uh, This is binary. You just needed one. Uh, So with two, you're actually getting there a little bit faster. Uh, It doesn't take long to find the cave entrance. Uh, You remember where it's been. You knew that it was very close to the shipwreck as well. And Gunk, just recently, you saw the owl heading directly towards it. Especially with the the light of the day coming in. Which I think Gunk will tell everyone about as we're traveling. Like he's like now that we're away from camp and like the regular sailors aren't around, like he has no problem telling the rest of the pack about it, about the vision he saw when he was studying. Now he was looking at the tablets once more because he's probably talked a little bit about it here and there, but not like obsessively. Uh, And then he will kind of say, there there is something. I saw the vision of an owl, a skeletal owl. They are very strange without fur and feathers and whatnot. But it traveled off in this direction, almost as if it was trying to tell me that I should come here. Is that not curious? Like when you followed the the, the crow raven to the wolf to the snake lake? Yes. Do you think it is the Earth Mother that is directing me? Huh. I think the Earth Mother would have chosen a living one, but otherwise, yes. Maybe she's branching out a bit. I don't know. Are the bones of the animals not interred within the Earth Mother? That's a good point. That is very true, Bacho. Very true. Absolutely. And that that right there is like clicks for gunk. Absolutely. It didn't take much to convince him. And so he is certain that this is this was a message from the Earth Mother. Yes, regardless, Bacho from anyone else. Regardless, Bacho pulls out his longsword. <laughs> this point is like I'm sure it will be fun. Delving into these ice caverns. Uh, It's easier going without the horses. You can move a bit faster because you don't have to guide them the correct way. You don't have to uh, watch where they're stepping. It it is difficult ground to cover, but it's not impossible, especially uh, moving lighter. You don't find anything that seems to have disturbed these coins, especially with the map. Uh, Mirren, you seem to have taken fairly good notes. Uh, It's not hard to follow behind. Um, I am going to need uh, at least one roll for torches from someone. Uh, Probably not Mirren because she's holding a map. So who wants to do that? Bacho. Crap on a stick. All right. So you are uh, burning through torches here. Uh, they just don't last as long as you wish they would, especially with the cold air around them. They they tend to burn out faster. Uh, there's one or two times where uh, a flow of ice uh, just cracks and then snow and melted water just falls down uh, and it douses the torch and it makes you wet a little bit. You don't have a problem with the cold anymore. Uh, you have the wet fur, you're surrounded by ice, and you're going perfectly fine. It's probably very concerning to the rest of you. Not necessarily like an evil way, but it's definitely odd. You continue through these tunnels, and it takes a good quarter day to get back to where you were. You find the the spider nest where these webs were frozen over. 
there were quite a few trapdoor spiders and things like that, but you cleared it out before and it doesn't seem as if any spiders have come back again. And you are faced with this tunnel that goes down at about a 35 degree angle into the ground. There's a matching tunnel directly above and it has these circular grooves that spiral around as if it was drilled but you can see just 20 30 feet down it starts to curve and it levels out uh, and there's a pile of refuse and trash uh, that has fallen through these spider webs uh, and gunk and mirin you've seen this quite closely as you fell into it how do you guys want to approach this we tied a rope up above somewhere or were we using Zaldrin to pull us up last time? Last time you had a rope tied to Zaldrin. Um, this isn't a difficult climb down with these grooves and it does start to curve. Uh, it's already at an angle, so you don't necessarily need a rope, but a rope would help. I can go down first and take the rope with me. I think we want the opposite of that. Mm. She's down to one wits at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your all for Zaldrin, but um, actually, and uh, Mirren will look around for something to tie the rope to that would be stable. Uh, Zaldrin, you did get to rest the night before, so uh, that could be important as well. Okay, thank you. I don't want you to die from cold damage because <laughs> we're out of out of artifacts <laughs> that would revive you. And I roll, I guess, a survival to see if I can find something to tie to. Let's make it a move check. Um, from We'll make it a group move check, uh, and we'll give it a plus one because you have a rope. Uh, so one person, most likely Bacho or Zaldrin, but it can be anyone, will be holding the rope or have it tied off while the rest of the group goes down, and then they can untie the rope and go down on their own. And hold it for you. From, from the top, not from the bottom. Sure, sure, whatever you say. <laughs> all right Zaldrin give us the move check plus one uh, one success all right and that is plenty um, you move slowly and carefully uh, likely with our marching order Bacho goes first and mm -hmm. then Gunk and then Mirin and Zaldrin, you uh, unwrap the rope from around yourself, coil it back up, and very carefully you climb down. It's even easier for Bacho and Zaldrin because you're taller. You can uh, hold on to the grooves a little bit easier. The grooves are about five or six feet in length. Um, so Mirren and Gunk would have a bit more difficulty, but it's still not impossible. It, it helps having those there. You make it down to where the tunnel begins to level out. And again, it's just a perfect cylinder that just goes off into the darkness. And last time you were here, Bacho caught a glimpse of a reflection from the torch here. And he couldn't quite see what it was. It looked as if it reflected off something metal, maybe. It was very hard to see. Holding the torch now, you don't see that necessarily yet. You're at the pile of refuse. You can hold the torch up. It doesn't seem like there's a reflection it, it's very hard to tell though so how would you guys like to go about moving through this tunnel Marin would like to have her bow out at this point Bacho would would go first I mean he would stay in the front and, and be slowly making his way down long sword in one hand uh, 
torch in his left hand. And uh, are we good with the normal marching order? Bacho, Gunk, Zaldrin, Mirren? Okay. So Bacho has sword in one hand, torch in the other. The rest of you are following dutifully. Gunk, you're kind of off to the side so you can see through the darkness. Looking up ahead, you see before anyone through the darkness that it appears as if this tunnel ends um, or it branches. Like you see a wall in front of you, a, a distance after where the tunnel seems to end. Maybe like there's another cavern that crosses it. Uh, it looks like you can go left or right uh, at sort of angles. Bacho, just about after uh, he notices that and he probably tells the rest of you, you do get a catch a glimpse of a reflection. It's not a glimpse anymore the way it was last time where it was just brief momentary. It, it lasts a little longer and you realize that it's not necessarily the reflection of like metal, but as if it's reflecting off water or oil, uh, it, it has a like sheen to it. As you continue moving closer, you see that there is an opening like Gunk saw and the wall in front of you seems to have some sort of like oil or mucus dripping down from it you're still a good you know 40 feet away about where this torch can really light it up and you can really see the wall appears to have a sort of texture to it um as if there are uh lines that crisscross around it uh almost like folds of skin Mirren, let me light one of your arrows and fire it into that wall there's something not right with it. Uh, yeah, sure. Here, um, we can just tie something, and I'll I'll give it a go. And uh, and you quickly we'll rig one of your arrows. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to roll for it because you're just shooting straight. Uh, it's okay. not going to be hard for any one of your skill. Um, so you wrap a rag around it, light it with the torch. It doesn't have to go very far; just about forty feet or so, without uh, losing the flame. And it flies true. Uh, and it flies directly ahead, and it lodges in that wall which if it was ice it likely would have bounced back it, it's not likely that it would have penetrated deep enough to really hold that arrow but something in this was softer and has a little bit of give uh, and you get a better glimpse of it with that light there it's brown uh -oh. uh, reddish brown like a irony type color and again that texture it it looks like skin of sorts but it's much bigger scale however shooting the arrow into it didn't have any sort of response I think we just did acupuncture but I'm not comfortable going to get the arrow um, is there anything Gunk can roll? Gunk has had some weird experiences in his past with various uh, subterranean creatures and things like that uh, is there anything yeah, you can roll? I'll give you a lore check and actually plus one because you might know something about this. Okay. Uh, plus one. All right. Uh, three successes. Three sixes. Three sixes. All right. You're racking your brain. You're thinking about the various creatures that invaded your warren that left very traumatic memories it's not like that 
you go through all these things that it could be, uh, and you're going through your past, everything you've learned, everything you've seen, but it's much more recent memory that actually sticks out to you. You recall that moment when you first learned death magic from these Ashkesh tablets. You had a vision where you were just in a void swimming as fast as you could, and you were swallowed by this massive skaden, this massive worm. And the texture of this creature looks extremely similar. And, okay, if that's the case, then Gunk will mutter the word skated under his breath. Um, I don't know if he ever told anyone, I don't know if we ever played out him telling people about that, but he will, he will give the cliff notes right now. Like when I first read into the tablets, I was gifted a vision. I see, I was beneath the sea. And one of these skaten creatures larger than any we have seen. That is what I saw. Or at least it looks very much like it. Is is this one going to swallow us like your dream? Or is this one stuck and frozen in the ice? Please? Uh, is there any way to determine that, Stephen? Uh, we're going to use DM Fiat here. As soon as Mirren says, is this going to swallow us or is it stuck in the ice? Uh, you see that it, the skin ripples a bit and this creature begins to shift ever so slightly. The arrow begins to lurch forward and a quake rushes through this tunnel, threatening to send you all to the ground. I want move checks from everyone. <laughs> Uh, can, told do we him. have just yes we do okay i'm gonna take one don't worry too much about this you're not going to take damage it's just going to knock you prone all right so anyone who fails you you fall uh and you hit the ice hard uh it's not enough to hurt but you can feel this vibration moving through the tunnels. Zaldrin, you felt this just yesterday. This same sort of vibration. It was enough to knock you off then. This creature is shifting. It, it's the slightest shift. You can tell from the light that the arrow hasn't moved much further out of your sight. But that little bit of shift on a creature of this size had massive ripples throughout this glacier. I told Ven just yesterday that what we're feeling is nothing like any quake I've ever ever felt before. And that's because it is not a quake. It is this right. creature moving, right? It appears to be that way. But it is not moving Don't. towards us yet. With your three lore successes as well, I'm going to give you something else. Um... Last session, or the session before, I can't remember, when you were in these caverns, uh, you remembered something about world worms, that they were likely the ones that burrowed through the glaciers, created mm -hmm. these tunnels, uh, sort of parasites of the earth. You're making the connection that this creature is likely one of these world worms that's never been seen before. Bacho, you've seen tunnels that are like this before up north in the tundras, but you've never actually seen a creature that makes one like this so 
you're, you're starting to question whether the Skaden and these world worms are the same. And if they are the implications of that means the Skaden have been here thousands of years prior there, there's so many questions that that launches into that your knowledge just does not cover. So gunk will just utter the word world worms. Like that is, this is one of these creatures. We have seen it. And you'll get kind of excited at that point, actually. And I think the story of world worms is something that Mirren definitely would have heard as well. It's a very popular folklore story. Uh, Zaldrin, you can decide if you've heard that or not. I've never heard of this before, but I think perhaps we should stop shooting arrows at it. I'm the only one that fell out. Okay, I'm going to stand up now. Um. <laughs> oh, gosh. What, what happened? You're so short. I didn't even notice you'd fallen. What? <laughs> <laughs> Always with the short jokes. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty sure I just got jokes. called a tree trunk earlier today. So <laughs> yeah, that was so. a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all full standard. <laughs> oh, they called to figure it out. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, All right. What are you I doing? If we, uh, if it's sort of uh, the movement of the arrow, it was just a few feet or a few meters, or you can still see a bit of the flame. It's dying out because the arrow wouldn't last that long with the rags, but you can mm -hmm. still see the light. So it didn't move that far. Yeah, likely a few meters. Well, if it's a wor world worm and it's stuck in here, and maybe they're skating then maybe they eat the world, but also it's kind of waking up. So now would be the opportunity to kill it if we're going to, or we could just run away. So how big, I'm trying to remember from Gunk's memory, like this thing was, how, how big would we estimate from, this thing to be? From what you're seeing, it appears as if maybe it's coiled um, mm. or at least in a, a bend in a tunnel. Um, and it, it's hard to imagine the actual scale from just what you're seeing here, but you're thinking with the way that texture is, with the way the tunnel is sized, with the, how long you've seen skating can be, they can be quite long and thin, that when it's coiled like this, it, it could be the size of a small mountain for all you know. Uh, it's really impossible to gauge, but it's large. Is it so large that it it, it seems ridiculous to think that we could kill it even in its somewhat yeah. hibernating state yeah. okay. i mean if you okay. were going to try to actually kill this thing it would be like it would require dropping a mountain on top of it yeah or you know it even if you were trying to cut your way out from the inside it would take an entire crew of people working for at least a day to get through this right so yeah gunk would like i think this is beyond our capabilities mm. No, can't just shoot it a few more times. No, oh. we oh. simply must bypass it. Let it be. Hmm. Okay. Quietly moves. Moves are quiet now. Careful footsteps. I learned that. Do not fall down. I can't do that. Do not push people <laughs> off of cliffs and into holes. I never pushed anyone. <laughs> 
All right, so the, the group of you move forward and you get closer to this creature and you can see that there is a sort of like slime or oil that covers the skin. It's not necessarily dripping or oozing, just something that seems to uh, exude from the skin. And you realize that this tunnel, that this cave that you're in, you look up and your torch doesn't light it up the entire way. Um, Gunk, you might be able to see just barely the roof of this thing with your dark vision, but it's 100 feet up there at least. And you start looking and you see that you can go right or left and it is a large circle that goes around this creature. Um, and it, it's almost like an ice cream cone, how there are like layers of this cylinder that have been carved out. Uh, and it has the grooves very similar to the tunnel you've been in. It looks as if this creature was in the tunnel and it just began spiraling and curling up. Uh, and then it just like created a space for itself. You want to head left or right? Uh, it's not going to make a huge difference. Let's go right. Right. Okay. You begin heading right and you're following, uh, alongside the skin of this creature and the ice there's probably about a 10 foot gap it's not a huge gap but it's enough that you're walking comfortably the ground underneath you has that same sort of grooves in it but they've been worn smoother uh, as if this creature that's been coiling for a millennia who knows it could be 10 years could be a thousand years either way the massive weight of it has made it much more smooth so it's easier to walk than it was to climb down or move through that tunnel. And you begin circling around, and it takes a long amount of time to really circle this creature. Uh, it, it really is walking around a very large hill. Um, it, it's comparable to like the city of Terran, like walking around the perimeter of that entire walled city. You don't find anything really of note uh, geographically you don't find any sort of like tunnels that branch off the creature thankfully does not seem to shift anymore while you're in here moving it doesn't seem as if it would even notice you uh, you still want to be careful you're still nervous because if this thing thrashes you'd be gone in an instant but on the other hand you feel like the sheer scale of this thing you would be a knack to it it, it wouldn't even notice you, you could stab it with the sword and it probably wouldn't even wake up you continue on around and you go through around the vast majority of this creature, probably three quarters, uh, just by counting your steps, you know, you've gone a long way and you're about to come back to the tunnel that you entered from. And the only thing that seems to be of note is that there's actually a groove uh, moving underneath this creature. Uh, it comes from one side of the tunnel, goes through the uh, ground in front of you and then under the creature and there is just a small stream of water uh, that appears to have melted some of this ice and carved a channel underneath there. The stream, it wouldn't be very deep. It's probably about four or five feet down where the water actually begins, this channel. Uh, and then the stream itself looks as if it's another two to three feet deep. Uh, if you want to cross it, uh, it'd be like a five-foot jump or so. I can make jump with rope. I think that would be necessary because I don't know that my sure-footedness has done me very well in the last few days. If I go across with rope, you can climb on rope, right? 
I go yes. first. I think you should. Uh, yes. If you want. Give me a <laughs> move check for Zaldrin then. You dear. That is zero successes and two. Uh, I'm going to push. It's not going to be a big fall if you fall. Oh, damn. Ooh. That's no successes and two. So Zaldrin goes to make this jump. And the ice is slick. Uh, and you you just have the timing slightly off. And your foot just doesn't get the right traction that you need. Uh, let me roll. Uh, it's only going to be one die for the fall damage. And I did roll a six, though. Uh, so you're taking one strength damage as you you jump and you hit the other side of this uh, channel hard. Uh, and it just kind of like cracks into your ribs. And then you fall down into this water. It's ice cold. Refreshingly uh, clean and clear but chilling to the bone. And I want an endurance check uh, to not get cold here. Oh, not this again. Grab an audience. Two successes. There I guess. Two successes. Uh, So you have these great furs on. Uh, You have plenty of layers. And despite hitting the other side hard, you still pull yourself back quick enough that you are only drenched momentarily. You're back on your feet. You can see the other one, uh, the others next to you. Your head is about eye level to their feet. Uh, so you can see just over this channel. Um, but while you're down here, you can see that this tunnel actually leads a good ways underneath this creature as well. I'm okay, sort of. Uh, I'm so more that way. Oh, okay. I, I would like to point out I was not involved in this fall. Thank you. Didn't you just tell her to go first? You talked I her was into not it this time. involved in this fall. <laughs> <laughs> Botch will drop down into the tunnel since the cold doesn't bug him, doesn't bother him anymore. He'll go, uh, I can lead the way and see what is down this tunnel. I you could know this a whole new tunnel. Yeah, you can just kind of let go of the cold. You can belly flop down and just go and melt a new pathway for us. Macho cocks his head like a confused dog for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying and you then, have to, just thinking this is something you can now do. It is a new skill. Then he lays on his belly and slaloms down. <laughs> Uh, and Bacho begins leading the way uh, through this channel. Um, Mirren and Gunk, uh, if you're supported by Zaldrin here, you're not going to get uh, too deep in the water. Uh, so it'll be easier for you not to get cold. You don't necessarily have to make those endurance checks unless you want to go on your own uh, motion, in which case it'll be up to your chest. Um, Zaldrin, do you, do, you, do you mind if I get a piggyback ride again? Uh, no, not at all, but you have to get from there to here on the rope that I'm holding up in the air. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Could uh, I see that spear, please? 
The long spear? The one I broke before. I won't break it. It was one time. I just Come fixed on. that. I just fixed it. There it is. And Gunk will try to like stilt walk like with his deceptively <laughs> ripped arms and just try to use his staff and the spear to stilt walk above it because he def- desperately does not want to go in the cold. All right. It's fluff, so it doesn't matter. I'm not going to make you roll a check for it because uh, you could easily be carried either way. Um, so the four of you begin moving through this channel with Gunk stilting through, Bacho belly sliding, uh, and Zaldrin giving Mirren a piggyback. Uh, you have this creature above you for a long time, probably a hundred feet or so. Uh, and you can see that there are multiple coils of this creature, uh, within itself, like a snake curled up in its uh, nest. You never see a head of this creature, uh, wherever it is, it, it like is folded in on itself or it's up above you. you. You don't see an end on either side. You continue through this channel And then you finally get to an opening where you are inside the middle of this coil. Gunk, looking up, you can't see the ceiling above you anymore, but you can see that this creature continues up above in multiple layers. And it's rather smooth in here as well, uh, leveled out by this creature. But this channel continues moving forward. And you can see that the, the water pushes forward until it drops into a waterfall. Macho, you're the first one to go. So as you follow this channel, uh, whether you get out of the water or not at this point, because there's space to move again once you're through this creature, you look down where the waterfall uh, happens. And it's another one of those 20-foot grooves uh, circular down. The water is going down, and it uh, it doesn't spray. It doesn't foam out the way you would expect a waterfall to. It doesn't become that mist. And it just stays in that solid stream and just drips down this tunnel. And at the bottom of the tunnel, probably 20, 30 foot down, you are holding your torch and you see two rectangular stone doors that look as if they would fold into the ground. Gonk, hmm. what do you make of this? Does it look anything like the... Uh... The very first place we went when the campaign started and we were descending down. It looks that very bear. similar. Yes. Uh, so that, the same yeah. sort of stone architecture. Yeah. It is just like when, when we first began this uh, adventure. There must be uh, something very, very powerful, very valuable inside. I say... We enter and see what we find. I am with you, Pack Brother. If we go down the hole, how are we getting back out again? We can climb, can't we? Okay, well, I hope so. (laughs) We can affix, we can use a baton and drive it in up here. It's tough to tie the rope to it. Hmm. That sounds good. I I like that better than Gunk's plan. So as you prepare to climb down, uh, you start looking for a baton, you start looking for a mallet. Zaldrin, you have the rope. You throw the coil of rope down this tunnel, and something very strange happens. It doesn't uncoil. It should just uh, unwrap and fall all the way to the ground. You have enough length of rope that it should take you down to those doors. 
But instead, that coil stays put and almost magnetically is the only way you can fathom this in your mind. It just becomes like glued to one side of the wall, just like a foot down. Just sure it's kind of like lifting the rope and like trying to shake you it out. Put your arm down to grab the rope and your arm feels a slight pull there as well. It's not a heavy pull. Uh, it's not enough that you can't fight it. But as you reach down, uh, your arm just kind of like moves towards the wall as well in a, a fashion that you just didn't expect. And you can grab the rope and it's perfectly fine. Just like its own weight, you're pulling it off and you pull it back. So... There are times when I try to have Ven go straight and Ven smells something and goes in that direction despite my best efforts. There is some sort of force down there where despite my effort to throw rope and put arm in that direction, everything is going that way. Mm. Do I sense any magic at work here? You absolutely would sense uh, magic at work. What what type of magic it is, it it's nothing that you would have been trained in. It's nothing that you would have ever experienced before. Uh, it feels off, sort of like the Ashkesh tablets can, but it's not like anything you felt from those tablets. Hmm. I'm very curious. There is some sort of magical force here, I think. Something that is either serving as a protective barrier for this place, perhaps, or I wonder. And so we haven't felt any kind of pull as we've been coming down here, right? None whatsoever. Like this is the first time we've noticed it. Only when you throw that rope, only as soon as you like enter that hole, that drop. Is the Which force... also explains why that water doesn't mist in the same way. It like stays to the wall. Is the force so great that we cannot continue down, or does it simply hold us to the wall as we move down it? I am strong enough to do what I need to do, but the rope could not, so I think somewhere in between. Hmm. Macha will just try to go down the go down the uh the chute. Wrap a rope around you. But if you become hmm. Unable to move, we could perhaps lift you back up. Yes, very, all three of us wise. will equally lift you back up. <laughs> I, I have no doubt, sister. Thank you, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> you wrap the rope around your waist uh, and you lower yourself down. Uh, you've got your two paws uh, locked into the ice and you go leg first and just lower yourself. And as you're about, uh, chest down you've got your arms here uh holding you up you have the strangest sensation as if you're lying on your stomach you're not falling down a hole you are just lying on your stomach right now he'll ro uh, bacho rotates around and, and tries to stand and just see if he can walk down this chute you try to stand and the rest of you it it blows your mind because he is literally standing on this wall. Perfectly normal. Bacho, it doesn't even require a move check. It's just it, as if gravity somehow shifted. It just bended 90 degrees. Gonk, what is he doing? He is he is that way, but he's facing that way. That's, yeah, not, that's how not how that right. works. Gonk, yeah, no, Gonk, Gonk. what, what, what is happening? He's figuring it out, I believe. Bacho is a very intelligent wolfkin. What have you figuring learned by that? that? 
in this tunnel. The force that holds us to the ground holds us to the wall. You can simply walk down it. Very interesting. It is as if I am simply walking along the path. I want to try that. How much do we know about gravity, by the way? Is like gravity like something like a concept that people understand? I think it would be like there's no physics of gravity, but people would understand that things are pulled to the earth. Okay. Uh, uh, There's no necessarily theory of gravity. Like Isaac Newton never got the apple dropped on his head yet. Okay. All right. So it's just magic then. It's just a magic. Jump off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Mirren, you (laughs) jump off uh, and you just land hard on your bottom. (laughs) uh, Right next to uh, where you jumped off. Uh, It's as if you just fell six inches from the air. I regret uh, my decisions. (laughs) Would you like to go next, Gunk? Yes, I will. And uh, he will not do what Mirren did. He will climb over the ledge and use the rope tied to Bacho as kind of like a guiding line to just sort of walk, you know, down the down the wall or stand if he's allowed to. Are you like going face down? Uh, I'm trying to get so if I'm so if I'm going over that, I'm climbing over it, but then I'm going to try to stand and walk down using the rope as a guiding line. As you like pull the rope and you begin to like pull forward, it it's the smoothest motion. It it doesn't even feel as if you're anything's changing. It it feels mm-hmm. as if you're walking down a flat hallway. Uh, the the way that this force just pulls you to the wall. Uh, it you wouldn't have even noticed that there was a speed bump if you hadn't visually seen it. Mm-hmm. It is fine. Zaldrin does this. In the most awkward sort of way, <laughs> like she like lays down on her stomach and sort of sideways tries to like figure this out, and she's got like arms and legs all akimbo, and is just <laughs> like, this is not how this works. She's not settled. So you like put one limb down and then another. So you've got like an arm and a leg on one side and an arm and a leg on another side. And then you just kind of roll with it. Uh, And after you roll, you are just lying on your back. Uh, This water is like splashing underneath you. uh, And it's perfectly fine as if you're looking up in the hallway as if nothing changed. I am fine. I'm not. Yeah, I... I will help Mirren up if that Thanks. is possible. <laughs> Grab the rope just to be safe. Okay, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Mirren will do that. Bacho, you were the first one down. Uh, and like I said, it's only about a 20, 30 foot drop. Uh, so it doesn't take long to get to these stone doors. The stone doors are also about 20 foot long. Like they go the entire span of this uh, tunnel. Um, there's no real markings on them. Uh, with the way you have reoriented yourself they look to be normal doors it's not like a trap door or something it looks like you just push it open uh, there's no real handle or anything like that they're very primitive looking doors Bacho will put his shoulder into it and just see if he can shove shove his way through 
and you do and you hear the stone scraping on stone as you begin to push one of the doors open uh the rest of you are right behind him i assume right Alfred is still kind of crawling along in the back. <laughs> like she's just not situated with this yet. It is, you can stand up. It's fine. Look, look at Bacho. What you, you, I, 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 I cannot. I'm catching up to Bacho. He needs my eyes. I am bringing up rear. You just go ahead. You don't have okay, to As this door opens, uh, it reveals a large cubic shaped room like 40 foot each way uh, there's a ceiling 40 foot above you bacho the rest of you are still in this tunnel here when the door fully opens there is a tone a flute like tone gunk you would immediately recognize this but the rest of you this is your first time hearing it it's that same sort of music that you heard the just two nights before gunk uh bacho you're looking in and uh, each wall in this cube room uh, has a door identical to the one that you just entered. And the center of this room is dominated by this large statue of a hooded, shrouded figure. Its face is entirely hidden underneath this deep hood. Um, the walls are entirely identical with the decoration. There are reliefs carved into them. Um, on each wall, there is a large relief above the door where you would be. Uh, of an owl skeleton in flight and underneath that like the lindel of the door is an open book that appears to have blank pages and upon entering this room bacho you find that you aren't the only ones in this room or rather you are the only ones in this room because as you look in each of these identical doors, you see yourself, identical copies of yourself. You can see Zaldrin crawling back behind you. Um, there are three other copies of you. And the only thing you know is that this is not a mirror. You can see the depth. You see the distance. This is some sort of three-dimensional space. Looking around the statue is yourself peering right back at you. That's where we're going to end the session tonight. Ooh. So not only did you fail to kill Bacho last week when you had the chance, but now you're introducing three, three more, more Bachos. We <laughs> <laughs> got four Bachos now. Okay, we get, with those four, we'll just, go, we'll just go kill that skating really fast. Like, no this is just fan service. Uh, the, <laughs> the audience said they wanted Bacho, so I'm giving more Bacho. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do some uh, shout-outs. Aaron, what's going on with Garbag? Uh, let's see. Um, nothing on Wednesday right now. We hit one on a bit of a hiatus on Wednesdays. Um, on Thursday, uh, Pete will be back with some more Traveler. Uh, and then on Tuesday, uh, Millie will be back with Coriolis. Jeff, what's going on with the Hogaggers? Yeah, man. I, first, I want to uh, send some belated thank yous to Singularity Roleplay and Diesel Shop for the raids. Uh, they came in while we were in the middle of some some serious moments, so I didn't get a chance to call it out. But thank you so much. Uh, if uh, if you are in the channel right now, go follow those channels if you haven't already. And if you have come over uh, from the raids, consider following us as well. Uh, so that's uh, that's the first thing. Uh, then we've got some games coming down the pike. First of all. Thursday, brand new Something game. Something new, I heard, right? Something new. And we've done yep. what everyone has been regularly asking us to do is we're kicking Steven the hell off the screen 
and the four of us, among with <laughs> along with a couple others, are finally going to play without them. So, uh, so there have been requests for me to talk less. I have seen <laughs> that in chat. It's uh, it's very it's very frequent. Yeah, they're like, can you, like I really like this Forbidden Lands game, but that guy in the middle, can you just uh, can you just put <laughs> something over top of just a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I invited Steven to the game, uh, but he said, uh, no, I, I I get enough with you guys on Tuesday. I don't want to play with you again. No, I just heard you feelings. guys are so yeah. much better without me. I didn't want to pull you down to my level. That's ah, here we is. go. Here yeah. we go. Uh, I'm a martyr is what it is. I'm taking one for the team. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but anyhow, the game we are playing, we're playing Die, the role playing game from Rowan Rook and Descartes. It's uh, relatively new based on the comic by Kieran Gillen, Stephanie Hans. Uh, so we're going to we're going to bust that out First session, little session zero, little session one, little blend of the two. So you can see all of us here with the exception of Steven in that game. Uh, then on Friday, Friday would normally be Conan, but it sounds like we're going to be missing Conan this week. Uh, and I won't say whose fault it is. But I think again, I'm a martyr. I, I'm yeah, taking yeah. one for the team. Yeah. You guys Aaron don't want to play Aaron with me, so I'm just making you all cancel Conan. No. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're gonna try to get a game in there. I think we're gonna maybe do like a black sword hack or some other one shot. So we're still we still got something going on on Friday, uh, and then on Saturday we've got our usual wondering game, uh, and then on Monday we'll be back to Holler, which is there is an outside chance that could be the finale of our Holler campaign. More than likely, we got two episodes left, but there is an outside chance that could be the last one. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then Tuesday we'll be back for this. Also, we just started up uh, another game. We're starting up a lot of games. Why did I do this to myself? Why am I starting up all these games at the same time? This is the hardest thing to do. Crazy. Games yeah. are the Apple. best. They are. Uh, starting them up is hard. Delta Green, we just started. Uh, so then that is over on YouTube. We dropped it uh, We dropped it up yesterday, I guess. Uh, and also mm -hmm. on our, our main podcast feed, the Adventures in LA podcast feed. So you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. All that kind of good stuff. So plenty of content uh, out there uh, and hopefully a variety of games. So if you don't like one game, maybe you like a different, uh, that kind of thing. So I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. I would just like to say one thing about Delta Green while you're getting the raid ready. Um, some people in our friend group have said that my character is slightly cowardly. Not slightly. And I would just like to <laughs> uh, push back slightly on that. I think I was making intelligent, smart choices so if you all could do me a favor, go watch it on YouTube and then get in the comments and tell Jeff that I was a smart player, no, not no, a no, cowardly no. player. Tell I would them greatly... how great Melissa is at not being a no. cowardly player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Melissa was Absolutely. braver, but arguably <laughs> less smart. I don't know. Indeed. Uh, get in the comments. But watch the know. video and decide for yourself. <laughs> I don't know. All I have to say is if, if you're a Navy master diver, no one could ever describe mm -hmm. you as a coward ever. Yeah, that's ever. true. That's true. Melissa's holding up. She's she's holding up. I think to that. Uh, Stephen, uh, I, I you know acclaimed author, completely opposite, complete opposite. So acclaimed, self we, self acclaimed. We, we'll see. We have to see the path from episode one to possible Delta Green involvement. There's yeah. steps from point A to point Z, and we'll exactly. see what those look like. <laughs> All right, so we are going to go ahead and raid, uh, looks like Perception Studio. Their overlay has the word die with three exclamation points. Uh, I'm not sure if that means they're playing uh, the game die that we're going to be starting on Thursday or if they're just giving us a very, uh, very dark command. But we're going to find out <laughs> in a minute, so follow the raid. Uh, if you haven't followed us on Twitch, please do. If you haven't subscribed to the channel on YouTube, please do it as well. And if you'd rather audio-only stuff, we got that out there as well. So look for wherever you get podcasts for our name. That's it. Thank you, everybody who watched tonight, and we'll see you later. 
拜拜。